From Harvest Time, Faith Center Church in Vidalia, Georgia, this is the Faith Center Broadcast. Prepare your hearts to receive the powerful Word of God from the dynamic teaching ministry of Dr. Bernard and Valentina Hill. And now, let's join the Faith Center with Dr. Bernard and Valentina Hill. Professor Peter, I mean, this is my Bible. Come on, say it like you didn't steal it. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. And my life is better after having heard the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing, comes by hearing. And, hearing. and hearing and hearing by, and hearing by. the word of God. <clears throat> In 1 John 5 verse 4, I think Texas says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You may be seated. We've been dealing with the subject uh, how to make a successful comeback, how to make a successful comeback. And this lesson is to, that we're going to do tonight is to remind you that God is committed to helping you make a comeback in whatever, in whatever it is that you have lost in life, that you can come back. Now, our running definition, I like to give this so that people can understand our definition of a comeback is a spiritual process of being restored back to or beyond a previous position, posture, or privilege lost because of adversity. I'm going to say it again. A comeback is a spiritual process of being restored back to or beyond a previous position, posture, or privilege that was lost because of adversity. We found out that the whole theme of the Bible is about man's comeback, that man was lost and man making his comeback to God. And God is, like I said, and you're going to hear me say it over and again, because I need to drill this in your mind, in your heart, that God is committed to you making it back. Whatever it is that you lost through adversity, God is committed to you getting it back. Now, not everything that you lost qualifies as a comeback. Unless that loss was part of God's will for your life. Um, you... You can't expect it back. Like I was telling you all last night, you can't expect, you know, you, you know, you hear somebody else's husband or wife, you can't expect them back. Because you didn't lose them, they belong to somebody else. So, so that, that, that don't qualify. That boyfriend that you know you had, you may have had, you know, that wasn't in the will of God, can't have him back. God ain't going to help you in that one right there. But what God will do is, is that those things that he planned for you in your life and through adversity or something, something happened, it caused you to have a setback. God has committed himself to help you come back and restore you back to or beyond the place where you're at. Now we talked about, and I'm going to do a little review and then I'm going to add more information. Now we talked about problems that come up because of several, come up for several reasons. Number one, we have problems because of, uh, of, of satanic attacks. Because Satan will come in and he would attack us. And he will, he will do things to cause us to suffer adversities in life or for us to lose something that we have. The second thing we said is that we, 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 uh, 
we, we have problems in our life because of a human error. Human error. In other words, we ourselves, we do something wrong. And we found out that all of us have done wrong. Because we can't point our fingers at anyone and say, you know, you done wrong and I didn't. All of us have done some wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, all of us has done some wrong. And then we looked, talked about the challenges of life because we talked about Elijah and how Elijah had challenges in his life that wasn't even his fault. It was just because of the times that he was in. The famine had hit the land and boy didn't have nothing to eat. And God had to raise up a widow, the widow of Zarephath to feed it. And he had to bring the, first he had to bring the ravens and, and everything, but, 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 but it wasn't his fault. And there are things that will, you'll have problems in your life that, that really just because of the times that you find yourself in. It ain't nobody's fault. It's not yours. It's not the devil. It's just the times we're in. It's just like now, you know, we're looking at how things are in, in society and everything. You're, you're, it's, just, it's just the times. People are having a hard time. You know, you run around crying, oh, I'm having a hard time. So you ain't the only one. Other folk have a hard time too. So, like I told y'all last night, you got to quit your crying. I'm, 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 that's what I'm talking about. How you, how you can quit your crying, put your tissue up, blow your nose, wipe your tears away, and walk in faith. You have to begin to get to the place to where you believe God, have your best interests at heart. Amen. And then we talked about how the call of God on your life could could cause problems uh, for you. We looked at the Apostle Paul and how the reason why he had problems in his life was because just the call of God on the life. I don't know why people look at, look at preachers and everything and think we don't have challenges and problems. I don't understand that. I don't understand. Because we're human just like everybody else. That's right. The same thing that, that, that tempt you tempt us. That's right. It's just our, we just have a call. For the spotlight is just on us. We are just a bigger target. Uh -huh. See, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to move on. If you go and you read the, the book of Job, you know why Satan wanted to get Job? Because of his influence. If you go look at the life of Job, Job had influence at the gate. See, I, that's why I don't know why a person wants to be a preacher and they wasn't called. Because it's just too much. It's just too much of a headache. For real now. Dealing with all of these folk, it's just too much. But it's part of the call. Everybody say the call. And when you have the call on your life and you're committed to the call, I look for God to help me. Because sometimes I feel like quitting. I feel, just feel like quitting. So God is committed to me. But I need to understand this. Comeback is not automatic. Turn, turn to Psalms 34. Comeback is not automatic. Because see, scripture is full of folk who didn't make it back. They, they didn't make it back. See, failure on my part may be not because I've done anything wrong, but have been unjustly treated or, or something taken from me without a cause. There's a lot of folk ain't made no comeback. We looked at some of them uh, that didn't make a comeback last night. Gehazi, uh, he, he couldn't make a comeback because he, 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 he wanted to get the riches uh, of Naaman. Then we, uh, we look at, uh, um, who, who else we look at? In Joshua. Asai, he, Achan, he, he did not make a comeback because he wanted to steal, take something that belonged to God. That's what folk do in church. They wonder why they can't get a comeback because you done stole from God. See, and see, people think you get away with, with, with stealing the tithe and offering. You'll never get away. You, you, you never get away. There's always a price to pay. 
for disobedience in the life of a person. And, and, and the problem is, is, is that people always want to cast the blame somewhere else. Instead of, I like it, I, I call it the Jonah confession. The Jonah confession was this right here. I am the cause of my trouble. In other words, what is going on, the effect that is happening to me and others is not their fault, but it's my fault. That is why when you are hooked up with somebody, I'm going to get with this tomorrow because some of y'all are in emotional devastation, you are hooked up with the wrong person. You get hooked up with the wrong people. And by you being hooked up with them or around them, because they are disobeying God, you get the overflow of their disobedience, even though you're doing all you can do. What I tell you go? Psalms 19. Psalm, what I tell you go? Psalms 34. He says, he says, many are the afflictions of the what? But here's, here's God's commitment. But the Lord delivereth him out of what? So I understand from a biblical standpoint, right, that, that, that I am going to have some things happen in my life that's going to cause me to have a setback. Salvation never said that I'm not going to have problems. But it's the hope I have is that God, he delivers me out of them what? All of them. So it does not matter what somebody say about me or what they try to do to me. I know God has my best interest at heart. That if I cannot trust no one else, I can trust God. All right, turn with me in your Bibles to uh, Nehemiah chapter 2. Because I'm going I'm to I'm seal this in your mind tonight. That it is the will of God for you to recover. It is, it is God's will for you to recover. Like I said, you need to get out of the dark and get into some light. You need to put, dry, dry your tears, blow your nose, and say, I'm not crying anymore about this situation. I'm going to teach you how to do that tonight. Because you getting ready for your, everybody say, come back. Come back. Remember the fire you had when you first got saved? Seemed like it's lost. It has diminished. When this week is over, you're going to be on your way to your comeback. Are you there? In Nehemiah chapter 2, understand that they have been in captivity for 70 years. They've been in captivity a long time. The king get him an edict or decree that they can go back and, and everything is burned up and tore up from the, what the Babylonians done. And here they, they, they come and, and they look at a dire situation. Look like something like, you know, we might as well just gone back to into captivity because everything is tore up. But watch what verse 17 says. Then said I unto them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste. Watch this. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, watch this. Let us do what? Build up the walls of Jerusalem that we be no more reproach. In other words, he said, let's not look at the devastation, but let's look at what we can do to change it. And that's why I want to get you at I want, you, I want to get you to a place this week to where you start doing something about your situation instead of just looking at it and tolerating the low life. 
when God has something better for you. Many of your dreams have been cast down because somebody told you you would never make it. But I'm here tonight to begin to cause you to go and wipe away the dust that has been settled down on the vision that you had for yourself years ago. And you get you a broom and start dusting it off. And begin to sweep it and begin to see that that you wanted to be in the past. And then there's a hope rise up in, in you. And you begin to have faith in God who has your best interest at heart that I can do this. Because the devil will tell you you've gotten too old to do that. The hope of the scripture was, was that he didn't call people until they were old men to walk in the place that he wanted them to be. So it's never too late if I have within me the fire that I need in order to accomplish what it is God called me to be. Because I'm on my way back. I'm on my way back from devastation. Everybody say, I'm on my way back. And so if you see uh, you have lost ground, you have to have the mental mentality of a comeback person. And that mentality is based on God's commitment to you. In other words, my mind has to be set that I can do this. So as we prepare a strategy for a comeback, we have to understand that God is the one that's going to help us to come back. Now turn to me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Now God wants to use your comeback testimony to inspire others, to inspire other people. Because understand this, God never does something for a person just for them. He do it for them as a role model for others that somebody else can look at and see what God has done in that person's life. And because he's not a respecter of a person, because he's done it for them, he'll do it for me too. Are you there? Because I understand what God does for one in principle, he will do it for another. In Matthew chapter 4, it says this right here, but he said uh, to me, it is written. This is Jesus talking in, in, in his time of temptation. Man should not live by what? Bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, we grow up with a victim mentality, but our text let us know we are to be victorious. Victorious. The difference in you being a victim in your situation and being a victorious person in your situation is your faith factor. In other words, what is you have in your life, what your faith can produce. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about how to build up your faith because I can talk about how to overcome emotionally, how to overcome in your marriage. I can talk about how to overcome in your, in your uh, spiritual life. I can talk about how to overcome financially but it cannot be done without you walking in faith. Because the devil is not going to just let you just lay down and let you come back. He's going to want to tie you down and keep you in a place to where you do not affect his strategy and what he is trying to do. Amen. So I'm going to come back. Now turn with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> now, Your life should be controlled by what the word of God says. This is an important part of renewing your mind. If you listen to other people, you will not make a comeback because people tell you that that's just how life is. In other words, what you're going through, everybody else going through that right there. It don't matter. 
You go show your vision. That's why you can't show your vision with everybody. You can't share what God wants you to do with everybody because some folk gonna talk you out of tell you, man, man, I seen so-and-so try to do that and they failed. They, they didn't work around the village. Well, just because it didn't work for them don't mean it won't work for me. See, a lot of you have been talked out of where you really should be. You have experienced devastation in life. You are unpleased with where you're at in life and you don't know what to do about it. You sit in places. See other people doing things and you wish that you wish I, I wish I could do that right there. I know I have a desire in my heart to do it, but my mind has been sabotaged by the negativity of others in my past. Therefore, I don't believe I can have the mentality to push myself out of that. So that's why I want you to do a push. Yeah, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Watch this. He says, <clears throat> look at verse 3 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Stop right there. Now, a stronghold is a, any mental thought pattern that is contrary to the word of God. In other words, if I have a thought come about me that is contrary to what the word of God says about me, and I accept that thought that's a stronghold. And how Satan have entrance in the life of people is that he builds strongholds on you through your thought life. Because he who controls the thoughts controls the action. Why are you thinking the Bible? You go study the Bible, right? All the time the Bible says about anything about the Spirit, about us being saved. It spends all of this time talking about getting our soul right. Your soul has five components. Number one is your mind. Plus your mind. Number one is your mind. Number two is your will. Your, number three is your imagination. Number four is your emotion. And number five is your intellect. Those are the five components of your soul. Number one is my what? My mind. My mind. Number two is my will. Number three is my imagination. Number four is my emotion. And number five is my intellect. And those are the five components of my soul. And out of those five places, I respond and react to situations that goes on in this temporal world. And so if the devil can control my soul, those five components, he's going to control how I think and what I do in this realm. And therefore, if he can do that, he has gained a stronghold on your mind. Even though you've read what God said in the scripture, you still have a battle to, to do that. Because there is a stronghold been built up. You have listened to what the dead to say and not listened to what God said. Therefore, you act out your pre-Jesus script instead of what God says you need to do. All right, watch this. He says, watch this. My responsibility, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every what? Thought to the obedience of Christ. Or I have to bring every thought to the obedience of the word. Every thought I have. I have to bring it in submission, which lets me know that in my thought life, I'm under attack. 
And the reason why I've had all of these setbacks is started in my mind. Because you, no human being can act out anything until first they think it. You came in, you sat in those chairs, you sat where you wanted to sit at, but you had to think it first. It happens just that quick. So if I can get you to begin to process things based upon the word of God and understand this, that it is not a matter of man's opinion, it's not a denominational doctrine, no matter how widespread that word doctrine is, it's not the common experience of others that matters, no matter how compelling their experience is, what matter is what the word of God says. That's all that matters. And it takes a brave person to stand by themselves and say, I'm doing this because this is what the word of God said for me to do. You stand by yourself then. But it takes that boldness to come back. And so the scripture bears out that God wants us to win in life. He wants us to win. It's a supernatural strategy at work. It's not magic. People want things to be just magic, just happen. It doesn't happen overnight. It is a principle you have to live. And Christians, excuse me, are defeated in life because they do not live by principle. They live by situations and circumstance. And that's where the devil has gotten you at. Principle says, it does not matter what the situation or circumstance says. The principle say, do it like this. That's what I'm going to do regardless of what anything else say. That's living by principle. Psalms 25. See, I want you to make a comeback in every area of life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to make a turnaround. And it's going to be good, too. It's going to be a good turnaround. It's, it's going to be a good turnaround. I'm going to make a turnaround. It's going to be a good turnaround. See, I know some people here, you, you, you're not satisfied. You've been set back a long time. You've been just tolerating life instead of winning in life. See, winning in life does not mean you're not going to have adversities. Winning in life says is that when adversity comes, I know how to act. That's when you know how to win. I know, I know what to do. Because I live by principle. And when you live by principle, your life is going to always be on course with what the word of God says. Are you, are you there? Amen. He says in verse 1, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my, my soul and my God, I trust in thee. Watch this. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. In other words, God, I hold you responsible. I'm putting my life in your hands. I put it in Pookie's hand, Ray Ray hand. I done put it in everybody's hand. But now I'm going to trust you, God. I'm put, I trust everybody else. And see, when you begin to trust other people, you violate the principle. Because the Bible says for us not... Trust in the Lord with what? All. How much of it? All. So if he tell me to trust him with all his heart, that means I don't have no trust for nobody else. 
I cannot even trust me. If you trust yourself, you're an idiot. You can't trust you. That's why we need the instructions of the word of God, because we are sinners and we love sinning. That's why we can't trust ourselves. People run around and say, I'm going to do this and I want to do that. You don't know what you're going to do. Can't trust, you can't trust nobody but God because he is the only constant thing in existence and never changing. We always change it. Up today, down tomorrow. Love you today, hate you tomorrow. So he cast it on him. Cast it on him. And so I, you know, I really have a question. I really have a question. Is there any fighters in the house tonight? Now, how many fighters we have? No, it's like, when you, you know, that's one thing I like about church folk. Before they got saved, they'll fight at a drink. Drop a, a fight, we won't fight. Where's the fight at? They, ain't nobody messing with them. I'm ready to fight. Then they get saved, and they lose their fighter instinct. And when the kingdom of God says that you have to fight, you let the devil do anything to you, and God has given you what it, you need in order to overcome anything the devil throw at you. You're just so used to getting hit that you think it's normal. Do you know it is not normal for a Christian to get hit by the devil? That's not normal. That's why he give us the shield of what? Faith, what did the shield do? It protected the soldier from being getting hit with the arrows. We have accepted things that's not normal. And the only way you can overcome the onslaught of the devil in your mind is by faith. Are y'all there? Isaiah chapter 54. He says this. Oh, did I tell y'all go there? Okay, that, I'm, that's one man. I'm, I'm, I'm. No, we don't need weak Christians today. No, it's time out for weak Christians. We have too many people saying that they're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but they don't have no power. Something, a situation happens in their life, and the first thing they want to do is run and cry. They want to get on the phone and call somebody and start talking about what the devil has done to them or what somebody else has done to them. When the first thing you should have done is went to the scriptures to see what God said about it and talk what God said about it. So why you linger long. Verse 17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, thou shall condemn. It didn't say God to do it, he said you do it. Every tongue that rises up in judgment, thou shall condemn it. In other words, it does not matter what you say about me, I have the last say so about who I am. No matter what, we just, you know, people get all caught up in what other people say about them. Man, they don't even know you. 
It's just like this right here. People have that lie out there. We have ATM machines here. It ain't never been in the church. I'm still trying to find an ATM machine, and I built the building. And I can't find it. I don't know where it's at yet. But I don't get caught, you know, that's, that's just part of it. Let me tell you something. You can't chase down every lie somebody telling on you. You can't, ain't no, so ain't no, but just use them. Every lie that's told on you, you take it as a stepping stone to your next level. You grab the lie and say, thank you, devil. Uh, I'm stepping up to another place. Can't stop folk from lying on you. Gonna, the people going to do it. It's, it's part of it. Folk going to lie. Look at your neighbor. People gonna, tell them people going to lie on you. Yeah, they're going to lie on you. Yeah. They're going to lie on you. Watch this. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. In other words, he says, my inheritance is for me to have a comeback. That's my inheritance. It's for me to come back. Not for me to stay in Lolobar. But have a comeback. I'm on a comeback journey. Yeah, I had some setbacks in ministry, but I'm coming back. I'm going to tell you about some of them. I'm tell you about some of them. All right. Four things that happen with Christians uh, to Christians that keep from making them come back, having a comeback. Four things happen. I need to tie my shoe up before I slip and fall and then y'all laugh at me. Four things. Number one, to keep Christians from having to come back. Number one is isolation. Isolation. Folks start going through stuff and then they stop coming to church. They, they, they come back. They don't come back. They don't come back to church. I ain't going back to church over there. I ain't going back to church. Because if God loved me so much, this wouldn't be happening to me. I ain't, I ain't going back. I ain't going back to church. You know? I was doing better in the world than I was doing in the church. No, see, and, see, and see, what they have done is, is they have allowed satanic thought to come in and change their mind about who got the faithfulness of God. And they begin to isolate themselves and they forget what the Bible says or what they have told others who have isolated themselves from the plan of God. They forget what Hebrews says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some do as you see the day of the Lord approaching. In other words, when I come to church, I'm in faith that I believe he's getting ready to come back. But they violate that principle when they isolate themselves. Pastor call them. They won't answer the phone. Saints call them. They look at the call ID. I ain't answer the phone. Watch this now. And then the devil convince you that nobody in the church love you. He convinces you of that. Number two, second reason is by influences. Influences. In Psalms 1 it says, Blessed is the man who walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, his delight is in the word of God. And in his word he 
meditate day and night. And then it says, he should be like. In other words, I cannot be like until I meditated in the word. The word is the thing that brings me back out of my despair. That's why you know I have to be careful about who have the influences, who are the influencers in my life, who speak words in my life. I just can't let anybody speak words in my life because words have influence. That's why you can't let the devil talk to you because his words have influence. You, got to, you, you, you have to be careful about people who say they're Christians who will give you advice outside of the word of God. You say, they say, uh, uh, I know the word of God say this, but, but you need to but leave them alone. Because what they're getting ready to do is cause you to compromise the testimony of what you know what God says. They are ready to give you a word that they feel is higher than the word that God has given you in the scriptures. Number three, that's how people from having come back, is iniquity. Iniquity. See, you got to get seen out your life. If, if you're talking you talk about making a comeback, you can't have sin in your life. No, you got to repent. Remember I told you all last night <clears throat> that uh, God knew that we weren't going to do what Peter said. So he gave us a provision in 1 John. If we confess our sins, he is. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he does that for me. And then uh, in Jeremiah 5.25, you, you write down, you have to take, you don't have to go there. He says, listen to this. Jeremiah 5.25 says, your iniquities have turned away these things and your sins have withholding good things from you. In other words, you know what sin does for you? It's, it's like, y'all know how when a drain gets stopped up, you know, you want water to flow through it, but it can't go through it because there's something stopping it. See, that's what sin does to the blessing in a person's life. But sin stops up the drain. And what's trying to get from heaven to you can't get to you because of sin. Some of you, you're too broke to have sin in your life. You're too broke to be sinning. I always tell couples this right here. You need to put your gun, knives, and your bats down because you're too broke to be fighting each other. You need to come together in unity and pray the blessings of God on your life. You're, too, you're, just, you're just too broke. You're too, you're too broke to be fighting. Talking about fighting and arguing. What you arguing for? You, you, you ain't got enough money in the bank to be arguing. This is the day the Lord has made. Number four, number four, number four, ignorance. Ignorance. You don't know what the word of God says. That's why you stay in your setback and you can't start your comeback because you don't know what the word of God says about you. All right, now turn with me in your Bibles to back to our text, 1 John chapter, chapter 5. I want to talk about how to execute a comeback plan right quick in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> I ain't gonna get through all of this right here. Like I told you all, you know, nice. I'm, you know, I, I over prepare. Are you there? He says, he says, for whoever is born of God overcometh the world. In other words, God looks for you to be a person that's on a comeback journey. Because he says, whoever is born of God 
they are overcomers. So it does not matter what's going on in your life. You have to look at somebody and say, it's not going to always be like this. Because people will laugh at you going through what you're going through. They'll laugh. They'll talk about you. They'll smile in your face. But then when they leave your presence, they're going to talk about you. Hallelujah. And so I have to be in a place right quick because I have to get here, get to this place where he says, uh, he that, uh, but this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And so the Bible here says it is by faith that I'm an overcomer. And that's what I want to deal with, the pattern, this pattern of the comeback. Now, there are four kinds of faith, four kinds of faith. Number one is what, what I call saving faith. In Ephesians chapter 2, 8, it says we're saved by what? Grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. That's saving faith. Romans 10, 9, so it says what? We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so the Bible talks about saving faith. And then number two, it talks about a holy faith. In Jude 20, it says, building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up your holy faith. So we have a faith that is a holy faith. You got it? It is a faith that is generated by the character of God. And then number three, we have the gift of faith. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 through 9, it talks about how the Holy Spirit, he gives the gift of faith. The gift of faith is when somebody has the, has the ability to do something. They, they, it is a different type of faith <clears throat> where, where they can do something and, and, and they see it and they have no crumbs in their mind. There is no stumbling blocks that they do not think that they can come to pass. That's the gift of faith. It is something the Holy Spirit empowers a person that nothing is impossible for that person to pull off. And then we have the God kind of faith. And the God kind of faith in Mark chapter 11, Jesus says, have faith in God in Mark 11. If you say to this mountain, be thy removed. We cast and see, and does not doubt where? In your heart. But believe those things that you say, you should have whatsoever you say. So I understand that the God kind of faith is the key to my comeback. It's the key to my comeback. And so if you're going to come back, it's not magic. I must operate in principle. Now, when you understand how to operate in principle, there is a boldness that comes on the inside of you because you know it has to work. So the key to your comeback is your mouth. And we love talking. The mechanics of faith is this right here. Number one is that you ask. Number two is, is that you believe. Now when I, when I say believe, I have to accept the facts. See, faith, when, when I talk about I believe something, I'm not saying that it ain't, it ain't like that. I'm not saying that I'm not going through. I'm not saying that I did not have a setback. All I'm, all I'm saying is that I'm going to believe what the word of God say. I'm not in denial. I'm in acceptance because in order for anyone to come back from anything, first they have to realize that they got a problem. And, and, and that's detrimental to a lot of people because a lot of people say, I'm in faith, and they, and they, are not, they, they don't accept what's going on. 
Because in order for you to do something about something that's going on, first you've got to recognize that it is happening. If me and my wife is not talking, something's wrong. I can't say we having a deep conversation when neither one of us talking. I can't say by faith we talking. By faith I'm just believing God that we're going to talk to each other. No, I got to go talk to her. So people have a false sense of faith or what faith is really is. Faith is not, and believing is not being in denial that something is wrong. You are, you know, we just, you know, walking, coming to church and everything, like everything is all right, like ain't nothing going on. And then you get in the car and you fight like cats and dogs. You ain't talking to, at church, he talking to all the women, he ain't saying nothing to you. He's smiling at everybody but you. You, you the, the, the preacher wants something done, you run it to do what the preacher do, won't hit, won't done, but, but, but when your husband asks you to do something, then you, you don't want to do it. Look at your neighbor and say, we need to come back. We need to come back. We need to come back. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. And then there's, uh, there, uh, number one is what? Number two is what? Number three is confession. In other words, I have to use my mouth. I have to start confessing what the word of God says. I have to say what God say about it. Because we have been conditioned to talk about the negative. And not what God, what did God say about this situation? What did God say about it? Because I'm living by principle. And when I live by principle, I have no right to violate it. Because I want to come back. I need me a comeback. I know how it is to eat the grapes. I, I, I know how it is to rub on Tina. She ain't here tonight. I know how it is. That's right. I know how it is to touch her and she touched me back. I know how it is to eat the grapes. So I cannot afford to be in a place where we're not talking. Because I got to work the principle. Two types of confession. Where am I at? Two types of confession. Number one, I have a faith confession. You have a faith confession. A faith confession is based on the word of God regardless of your situation. A faith confession. It's based upon the word of God regardless of your situation. It's like this. You know, people, they talk about, you know, you know people just say, you can say it and then they think it's going to happen. Okay, let me watch this right here. Watch this. Watch this. Ask them this. Are you going to heaven? Why do you say you're going to heaven? Because that's what the Bible said. That's all I'm doing. I'm just saying what the scripture says. I have never experienced heaven or anything like that. I'm just saying it. I'm going to heaven. That's all I'm doing. So you say I should be selective in that when I say the whole Bible is my confession. That whatever obstacle is in my life, I have a sonship right to go see what my father said about it concerning me and that's what I say about it because folk will get you they, they'll have you saying everything but what God said my faith confession is important to me my faith confession is going to get me to the place where my mind is because when you talk something it is not just somebody else hearing it you hear it too and faith comes by Hearing, do you know the greatest, you know why you need to confess things? Because your faith is built up by hearing, not by hearing preachers, hearing yourself say it. 
faith is built up by you speaking the word of God. You say what the word of God say in your situation. You only see your pastor on Sunday and maybe on Wednesday. You can't depend upon him to make a confession for you concerning your situation. You have to stand bold and say, this is what God said about me in this situation. And this is what is going to be in my situation. Why, why do you think God had to, I'm going to that's why you think God had to change Abraham's, what Abraham was saying about himself. Abraham going around, God told you you're going to be the father of many nations. He's still calling himself Abram. In other words, his confession was not in line with what God told him. So God said, don't you anymore call yourself Abram, but call yourself Abraham, even though you don't have what it is that you're saying. Y'all oh, don't hear me. Because when you're, talking about, when you're talking about walking by faith and you're on your comeback, you have to be careful about the words that proceed out of your mouth. Even when you're standing and talking to people who are associates of yours, you still have to be careful because you are slain by the words of your mouth. Don't call yourself Abraham, call yourself Abraham. So he go around his friends and say, I'm Abraham. Not just father, but father of nations. He ain't even got son yet. All right, now. All right. And that's what you have to do in your situation. Folk, yeah, the folk already know what's going on. They, they already know what's going on. But you still have to make the confession. You still have to stand in there in the midst of them laughing at you. And you say, I am the father of many nations. And they laughing at him. And his confession is, I'm the father of many nations. And his confession is, even though they laughing, I'm the father of many nations. And his confession is, I am the father. Because when you're living by principles, the laughter of other people about you doesn't change what you say about you. And so on your comeback journey, you have to be and stay in faith. And you have to look and find out what God said. You can't be lazy. You have to find what God said about you. And you begin to rehearse that in your ear when you get up in the morning. Because he said day and night. For you lay down at night, you rehearse. This is who I am. And then those words will start get, coming out of your mouth, start getting in your ear. I'm getting ready to close. And once they get in your ear after you have said it so long, it begins to drop in your heart. And the reason why I need to let get the word in my heart from out of my mouth, in my ear, into my heart, because it's only in my heart that God begins to respond to my words. Because I can say something out of my mouth and not believe it in my heart because it's my heart God is looking at. But I understand the principle is in order for my heart to be effective, I have to say something so that my ear can hear it so it can go in my heart. That's why I say you cannot allow sin to be down in there because sin clouds up. The word goes out of your mouth, comes into your ear. It gets stuck here. Can't get in your heart. Why you think David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you? Because he understood that that is the seat where God looks at. And on my comeback, I'm saying what God said so I can hear it in my ear, so it can go down into my heart. Because I need it in my heart 
Because the only way I can live something out because of the abundance of my heart. Because my heart determines the life that I'm going to live. So if I have a contaminated heart, I live a contaminated life. But if my heart is filled with God's word, hallelujah. When it's filled with his word and it's down in there and it's overflowing with God's word, I can live the righteous life. And the Bible says God encompasses the righteous with favor. And no matter where I step, I got the favor of God. Yeah, they talking about me, but I'm working my comeback. Yeah, you made some mistakes, but you're on your comeback. You're going to start talking about what God said about you. You ain't going to worry about what the naysayers going to say because you're on your comeback. Everybody says comeback time. Come back time. And I'm out of time. Give God some praise. <clears throat>